guys, and welcome back to the Talk of Fame podcast with your host, Kaima Tini. I can't tell you how excited I am to this episode. I've been following her work for years now, and I'm so happy we found the time to chat. Now I'm so excited to introduce the president and CEO, Gina Davidson Institute on Gender Media, which is the only global research-driven advocacy organization working with the entertainment and media industry to create gender balance, foster inclusion, impeaching bias, and stereotyping in family entertainment media. I am honored to welcome Madeline Dinono. Welcome to the podcast, Madeline. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat. I'm so excited to chat with you. Well, thank you, Kylie, and thank you for being such an ardent supporter. You've been engaging with us and following us for so many years, and we really need uh, great, talented women like you. So we're so grateful to you for all your support. Thank you so much. And like, I really appreciate that. And like with, with, with Gina Davidson to Engineer Media, like you started back in 2004 and it's created by Gina Davis, which I know like a lot of people know I'm really the biggest Gina Davis fan on this planet. And like, how did you kind of you and Gina kind of come together to kind of form the Institute? It's a really interesting story. So as you just mentioned, Gina started the Institute kind of by accident. Uh, and the idea came about when she became a mom and she started watching preschool programming with her daughter, who was a toddler at the time. And she noticed this disparity in terms of the presence of female characters on screen. And she thought, how strange, it's 21st century. Why don't we see an abundance, an equal amount of female characters to male characters? And she started asking her friends and saying, did you notice there was only one female character in this movie or the show? And people didn't really notice it. And she would have the same conversation when she would meet with industry professionals. And so she thought, I need the data. I need to know, is what I'm observing really true? And she raised uh, money all on her own and conducted the largest uh, study at that time, in the first study, looking at the portrayals of women and girls in fictional content. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that study, which took a few years, uh, the uh, the results were that, yes, it was a three-to-one ratio of mm -hmm. male characters to female characters. And when you think about the intersection of gender and race, ethnicity and disability and LGBTQIA, literally little to no presence. And so she thought, okay, well, I'm in the industry. Why don't I take it to my colleagues at the studios? Let me see what they think. Maybe they know something about this. Mm -hmm. And the reality is uh, when she presented it for the first time at a major studio, their jaws were dropped. They were just, they were so, so surprised because they hadn't thought about um, on-screen diversity, equity, and inclusion. And in 2004, if you were to ask someone what their definition of diversity was, gender was not on the agenda. And that's something uh, that Gina did. <clears throat> so she uh, had this study, started the Institute, and then realized she needed someone who had deep roots in the entertainment industry, also someone who knew about how to run a nonprofit organization. And in a parallel path, I have had the privilege of, of being in many roles on the business side of the entertainment industry for many, many years. 
TV, film, cable, etc. And I reached a point where I thought, what if I could use my power for good? You know, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. And um, I started networking and telling people at the same question. I started talking to people that had made the transition from the for-profit side of entertainment to the not-for-profit. And uh, someone, a recruiter, uh, connected us and we came together and I asked Gina, what would you like? She said, I would like world domination. And the first thing I did was um, I was able to take her to the UN and she did a closing keynote for uh, a United Nations uh, Economic Council summit where uh, former President Clinton had spoken the year before. And that's mm -hmm. how we've been rolling like that ever since. Oh, wow. Well, that's crazy. Like, I know like what, like you said earlier with like, like rep in with kids in media, like it's hard to kind of find role models in terms of like, do, do we see ourselves or we, do we picture ourselves going to this career field? I remember growing up, um, like as a six year, about to be 17 right now, like I remember growing up, like watching TV, movies or whatever. I just remember, I didn't realize this when I was a kid, but when I, re I realized this when I started following the Institute, that like I never saw myself really as a person, like as like on TV. And I kind of didn't find any role models in terms of on screen. I mean, I had role models like family wise and stuff like that, friend wise, but I never found someone that actually inspired me to go into a career field. And I, I never kind of, I kind of thought it was a problem, but I didn't know it was a problem at that time. Since I was still young to the point where I'm like, I didn't know what gender bias or diversity and that stuff was at that time growing up. So okay. like when, like when I realized that was a problem. Like when I started on the institute, I'm like, I was right. Like I'm so like what I was like, this is so, I'm not going crazy when I like was going through that. And so like once I did telling people about how I felt, you know, like telling them the research and free one stereotype and research and stuff, they're like, what is going on with these TV professionals? Like, what is going on? They're just like so surprised why I mentioned it to them. They're like, okay, well, the TV is not like, oh, all women are like all represented. It's it's not like that. Like I know the new Barney movie that just came out a couple of weeks ago. That's a good movie to watch. It's like for female representation, female power, that's a terrific movie to watch. But it's like not every movie or TV show, whether it's a like kids or a family movie or whatever it is, is not always female represented as a like mixtape between men and women, like 50 percent. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think like there has been progress made since you guys started the Institute back in 2004. Absolutely. We, our approach has been to use the data to advocate for change and to educate, engage, and drive change. And what we found in, in terms of doing this work uh, in 2019 and 2020 respectively, we saw in our numbers when we did our annual uh, film study and TV study that we actually hit gender parity for female lead characters in the uh, highest rated Nielsen uh, TV shows for families and the largest grossing 
uh, family films coming out of the U.S. Uh, uh, in 2019, yeah, in 2020. And so it proved to us that our theory of change works. And then we also saw that we were able to achieve gender parity for secondary characters in the highest rated Nielsen uh, family television programming also uh, in 2021. So we know that it's possible, but when you look at the intersection of gender, race, ethnicity, disability, age, body type, those numbers are, even though we see a lot of movement when it comes mm -hmm. to race, ethnicity, we're still not at parity and nowhere near even the U.S. census when it comes to age 50 plus um, mm -hmm. or LGBTQ, uh, you know, community um, uh, or, you know, disability. Uh, so we have definitely a long, long way. We still have a long way to go. Oh yeah, like when, like when there's like gender parity. When I see like the posts on social media about gender parity, or there's a bunch of female-led movies going on, like the new Barbie movie, for example, or just some movies that are just coming out. And like when I see those movies, I'm like, finally, where has this time been? Like, why is this all coming out now in 2023, and this couldn't come out, you know, years ago, you know? And so it's like when you guys go to industry leaders, whatever it's like people are Warner Brothers, Paramount, whatever it is, Netflix, like they realize like, okay, well, we got you guys kind of not, I can't find a word for it. It's like you guys told us about it. Now we don't want to get, have work you come to us and tell us this is a problem. So we're going to do whatever we can to kind of fix this problem. And you know, I feel like with it's 2023, it's gotten better, but there's still like a lot of work to get that, whether it's like nominations for Oscars, like female directors, writers, etc. Like there's still much need. I think there's probably, I think I could be wrong. I think no female directors were nominated for Oscars last year or something. I could be wrong about that one. But I think I, I think it was right. But it's like when like there's like progress being made, there has a progress being made, but it's like there's still kind of like a long way to go in terms of entertainment and representation. Very true. And that's why it takes all of us, not only us, but having people like you talk about it, uh, promote it on social, you know, keep the conversation going. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's top of mind. Oh, yeah. And like, how do you guys kind of approach like, industry leaders about the problem going on in media? Well, we've always taken a very collegial approach. We know that our partners um, really care about the imagery and the messaging um, and the stories that they're telling. And they've always embraced our work and our research. And many of them have changed, you know, many, many, you know, projects. One of our partners, NBC Universal, uses one of our research research resource tools called Spellcheck for Bias, mm -hmm. which looks at scripts. And, you know, they've changed, you know, 20% of their scripts because of that. And so wow. everyone is trying to uh, be uh, intentional uh, about reflecting uh, unique stories, diverse stories. And it's just different creators are on different, you know, journeys. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it takes a very long time, you know, for a movie uh, to come out. And, and also you have to look at 
COVID, we lost three years. There were slates and slates of films and TV shows that weren't able to be produced because mm -hmm. of the pandemic. So, um, you know, looking at the numbers now, you have to take that into, into effect because in, in a normal situation, we may have seen a, a tremendous amount of growth, but mm -hmm. we won't know because of so many things that were put aside or weren't able to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I feel like with, with the pandemic happening, I feel like it was kind of like a, a, a win and a loss to the industry, I feel. Because like with the industry, of course, it's shut down for years and things are not being produced or being released. I feel like it took time for writers and professionals and producers to kind of realize that women and like need to be represented and be kind of shown 50-50, whether it's like a movie, a show or a series or a documentary. I um I feel like it made them kind of realize how much women need representation and kind of added them more, whether it's like a director, a writer, or a, a, a role. It's like, it kind of, I think it kind of shook them a little bit to kind of add them to the script a little more. Can you repeat that question again? My Zoom kind of went... <laughs> Yeah, and like I like as you said before, you like you guys have a tool called Spell Check for Bias, which I absolutely love. And like, how has this kind of this tool changed the way people write their characters and the way people are arbitrary? Well, it's not about force feeding uh, mm -hmm. or checking the boxes. It's about looking at opportunities. Uh, some characters are written very explicitly, and some aren't. Yeah. And there's a lot of characters that are speaking dialogue that may not be the lead protagonist. Mm -hmm. And so we just point out opportunities where there are characters that are uh, not described and to leave it up to the content creator to consider, you know, could that character be a person, you know, with a disability? Could it also be a person who's a part of the LGBTQIA community? Could it be a person that's female? Could it be a person that's 50 plus? All of those opportunities. I mean, it, it could be one person. Um, and it doesn't impact uh, the storyline or the authentic mm -hmm. voice of the storyteller. It's just there's a lot of, you know, opportunities. And, and so it's not invasive. It's meant to just point things out. Now, where we will flag things is if we see uh descriptors or dialogue that is blatantly uh sexist or racist um we will kind of flag those things and then we will cite why uh those words or or that expression would be considered such but it's ultimately the decision of the storyteller and the content creator to decide what they want to do with the information mm -hmm. and like with the Institute, like the model is see it, be it, which is such an inspiration not only to me, but to all, I'm sure other people as well. But like, how do you guys kind of live up to kind of not live up to the mission, but kind of show to people that you can be like, if you see people doing it, whether it's like being a president, being a baseball player or being a lawyer, how do you kind of show it to them about like be, seeing it and actually doing it as well? Well, we've had a lot of examples of that. 
for example, uh, Gino, as you know, uh, tried out for the uh, Olympic trials mm -hmm. uh, yeah. in archery. And her archery coach approached her a number of years ago and said, I was just looking at the stats and girls' participation in archery shot up 105% in 2012. And it was the result of two movies. Can you name them? Um, The Hunger Games and Brave, I think. Yes. I, I I was like, I knew it was a Hunger Games. I, I was like, it's, I, I was like trying to read. I knew it was a Hunger Games. I was like, I think it, is that brave? I think it was. You're absolutely right. And another example is with the amazing uh, character played by Gillian Anderson, the Scully mm -hmm. character in the X-Files. Mm -hmm. uh, 20th century uh, came to us uh, when the show was going to go off the air. And they said, you know, we have this. Uh, theory about the Scully effect about the show encouraging women to pursue STEM education and careers. And so we did a survey of thousands of women who would have been old enough to have watched the show. And what we found is that 63% of the women working in STEM were inspired by the character of Gillian Anderson. <clears throat> so even though this is social science and you can't say A plus B equals C, uh, still um, there's a lot of stories like that. Mm -hmm. That's so true because like with me, like when I watched Gina's Commander-in-Chief, like I think it was like in 2020, early 2021, I remember watching that show and being like, okay, I want to be president. Like that's like, I remember me and you were talking about this earlier, but like when I told you I want to make major in political science, that was all because of that show. Like I, like if it wasn't for that show and seeing Gina's character, I wouldn't have been so passionate about being a president or even being involved in that type of thing. So like with seeing a role model on screen, whether it's a commander in chief or a league of their own, like I know league of their own is my all time favorite movie. I'm sure a lot of people it's the same way, but it's like when I see that show or league of their own, I can recite that movie Literally, I can literally listen to that movie or watch it with the volume down and reset word for word. It's like when you see that, what like those roles, or you see Law and Order SVU and Mariska Hargitay or whatever, um, or X Files, for example, like if you see those characters, it'll kind of kind like the dynamic will kind of grow in major, whether it's like in STEM, politics, law, or, or um, whatever it may be, like when you see those type of roles or role models, it makes you kind of grow, be like, okay, well, I never died being law before, but since I watched this character or show, I want to be in that. And that's like the power of television is that like when you see those things or characters, it will change really everything from what you see as a kid or as a teenager or as a girl. Because like because when you see that, it will literally change your perspective on what you want to do in life. Certainly can. And we've seen evidence of that. Mm -hmm. And like, why do you think kind of writers or producers are not kind of willing to write more characters, especially female and like kids TV or a movie series, etc.? Why are they? Is that what you were saying? Why, like, are, why they? are they not? Why are they not? Well, I think you have to look at, if you're a storyteller, you tend to write stories that you love, 
or that you know about. And if it's a five to one ratio of male male writers to female writers telling the stories, uh, you may not get as many female characters. And what one of the things we did find through one of our studies a long time ago was that when there was the presence of a female writer, it generated anywhere from 6.8 to 7.5% increase in on-screen roles. Uh, so that's one thing is also having uh, female writers in the writer's room, mm -hmm. being able to craft those characters and, and, and in the driver's seat, you know, telling those stories. And then also with the work that we've been doing, it's just making people aware of the population. If you have a contemporary story set in the U.S., women are 50% of the population, mm -hmm. it's something to consider yeah. uh, in your scenes, in your dialogue. Yeah, because, like, when I, like, I always, like, question that, because, like, when, like, women are 50% of the population, whether it's, like, in the United States, Canada, like, whatever it is, like, women are 50% of the population, but then I'm always questioning, like, why, if they're 50% of the population, then why are they not represented on screen if they're 50% of the population or behind the scenes. Exactly. So that's what our research does. And that's what we advocate for. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the mission of the Institute. Mm -hmm. And like, I know like with the research, it's like you guys are so big on research and with everything going on, like, why do you guys think like research is key to showing people this is a problem? Like, why do you think research is kind of important to kind of show people like, okay, this is actually a problem type of thing. The, the data is the key. When you have the facts, it's not something that you can really debate. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's really important that people have the facts and the data. Uh, people think, oh no, there's an abundance of diverse female characters on screen. Well, when we present the research uh, and we can prove out that, no, that's not true. There aren't. And there aren't a lot of older adults and there aren't a, an abundance of LGBTQIA characters, and there aren't an abundance of characters with disabilities. It's the data, it's the facts. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's what really motivates uh, people uh, to consider making changes. Mm -hmm, for sure. But it's like when you show like research or tell people about these research, you're, it really kind of boosts their confidence to kind of change the way things are actually made right now because I know with research when you guys go to industry professionals or you guys mention it to your family or friends with Jean like when she mentioned industry professionals and friends they like they didn't think it was actually a problem they probably thought she was probably crazy at that moment thinking like okay this is a problem like you're kind of a little crazy for saying that but it's like when you actually bring those research to people like they think like oh you're actually not lying about this problem like and I'm thinking like I'm very thankful for you telling me about this problem. It's, it's much needed. And I feel like a lot of people nowadays, especially in 2023, are kind of more thoughtful uh, about like this situation and the way people are betrayed. Whether it's like, um, I know it's a women's soccer team. It's like with the U.S. and everything. Like there's so many things going on with the U.S. soccer team and 
um, the way people are betraying the Barbie movie going on. Barbie movie is going crazy. I think they just raised one $1 billion, which is terrific. Like, there's so many things going on right now, but there's, like, so, so much work to be done, even though there's so much progress. Absolutely. It's a constant drumbeat. Oh, yeah. And, like, the last thing I want to um, ask you before we head off is, like, how can, like, industry leaders make their movies shows diverse and equal? Well, it starts with the script. And that's why the work that we do with partners like NBC Universal, who use our spell check for bias, who are putting eyes, you know, on the material, looking for opportunities, it really starts with the page. Mm -hmm. It really is. Because, like, it, like, everything, like, in terms of scripts is really what's on the page. And I know with, like, a lot of people, like, okay, well, we are doing our everything we can to kind of make it more diverse but then like they put out maybe like a movie or something and it's not 50 50 equal and they say that to kind of be like okay uh we don't want to hear this thing again ever and they say that kind of push you back but then like we still see it like we, it's like we don't see it but then even in 2023 i know i keep saying that word a million times i'm knowing i'm gonna keep saying it in the next couple of episodes for the rest of the podcast but like, it's just, like, with this industry, like, it's, a, like, it's a very hard industry. And, like, when we mention this to people, you're, like, relieved. It's, like, I know, like, a lot of people don't realize this is a problem until we talk about it and give them research about it. Because, like, when we educate, whether it's, like, you guys or followers or other, other um, industry professionals, because I know, like, with the documentary, it just changes everything um, that you guys came out. I think it was 2019 that you guys came out with documentary but like when people see that documentary or in stuff and like we're Reese Witherspoon that like you're in it too right mm -hmm. and like Gina and, and Meryl Streep and some other people like um like they like that documentary like you will literally learn so much about like what's going on because like when you see that research and stuff going on like you're like like, I don't really know too much about that. Like, those equations are, like, that words. But then when you see that, like, just changes everything. I, I believe it's still on Netflix right now, but... Yes, uh, it is. It is? Okay. Like, I'm definitely probably going to watch this when I get, out, get off of this interview right now. I'm, like, starting to kind of get crazy by watching this now since I'm mentioning it. But, like, when you see that documentary on Netflix, um, it will literally teach you about everything that surrounds it and like like if you are learning like want to learn more about this problem you like if you watch the changes everything you literally would be and so inspired and think like okay like i'm gonna go after when this documentary ends and literally post it and make it my whole personality like it's like this documentary is actually super inspiring and it's like like it's much needed especially with being a woman it can be very hard and like with being um like basically trying to be in this industry and being represented i know a lot of like basically a lot of racist things happen and sexist things and it's like with soundtrack for bias it's much more like it makes people more aware into kind of like what they need to do in terms of like making feel people feel empowered and then not make them feel uncomfortable at the same time that's the goal. I mean, that's the goal. And actually, I don't know if you saw the news. We have a Canadian version of This Changes Everything. Oh, yeah, that I saw that. We're going to start going into production. So hopefully oh, yeah. we'll have that in about a year. 
That's amazing. Like, it's like, is it just for can Canada people or is it kind of like all over our time? Like no, it's looking at Canadian, the Canadian uh, entertainment environment. Ooh, like I saw it on news. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to see this. Like, this is going to be amazing. But um, I just want to thank you so much, Madeline, for coming on. Thank you. Everything like you're doing is like seriously much needed it's definitely inspiration not only me but to some many people and i if you guys need any help or anything at all like i feel free to reach out i'd be happy to help anyway you know like i'm you guys biggest supporter and i'd love to help out anyway and i really well again we thank you so much for all of your support and all your promotion on social media and we're so great to have you uh be part of the institute family of course, I like it's really a true honor to be part of it. Like I'm super grateful for everything you're doing, and uh, we keep sharing you guys on social media, and we'll continue to be guys' biggest fan for sure. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Of course, have a great rest of your day, Madeline. All right, you take care. Bye.